Special thanks to everyone who pledged money to crowdfund the show this week, including Matt Lacey, David Walker, Tim Edwards, Iliko Ella and Andy Hagen. There's a full list of our supporters on 361podcast.com, along with information on how to help us from as little as $1 per episode via Patreon. Hello and welcome to 361, a weekly podcast about mobile tech and everything around it. My name is Ben Smith. I'm Rafe Blanford. And I'm Ewan McLeod. This is Season 12, Episode 8, and this week we're talking about photos and videos. How we're storing our personal media. And how we're backing up safely, we hope. And what we're using to share and print. Back, chaps. Thank live, you. live from central London. Ooh. Rage Blanford in the house. Rage, rage blindfold in the house. Got to get his name no, right. Yeah. It's no, his special no, name. His no. special, special rage. Or you could just special. call me Rafe Blanford, and I'd be very happy. Called you a lot of things over the years. Yeah. Is, what's Rafe short for? He's got little legs. Sorry. <laughs> 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 That, that wasn't very funny the first time you made that joke on this podcast. I know, but that was at least... not very funny the fifth time. <laughs> it was about three seasons ago and it hasn't been out recently. So, all right, come on. Is it Rafford or something? It's it's not short for anything. Are you sure? Yes, quite sure. I need to check that. Okay, right. Dear listeners, if you know what Rafe might be short for, um, apart from the legs, <laughs> then um, we'll move swiftly on. <laughs> I, I wish we'd set that up. Actually, <laughs> that's that really good. Very polished. Right. Okay, uh, yeah. things of the week this yes. week. Yeah, right. Well, uh, so who's going to blindfold you go for? It? What's your thing? Well, it was just more an observation that I can now use Barclays with Apple Pay at last. Uh, uh, yeah, it does feel a bit like that, but it's also interesting to me that Barclays in the UK were actually ahead of the game with things like Ping It in terms of kind of that mobile yeah. payments, but now they've just had to get on board the Apple Pay bandwagon. <sighs> Apple Pay itself, you know, is got a lot of high profile attention but uh, if you look at the transaction levels it's pretty small you know sort of half a percent is being talked about mm. which compared to the coverage it gets is nothing and actually contactless payments from just standard cards uh, an amazing increase i think it's been something like 150 percent year Crazy. on yeah, year exactly. yeah. and it's yeah. now got to the level where it's very serious uh, but the thing is it's actually still quite localized so in london i use it all the time and yeah. most terminals i see now are contactless you go so you use what contactless as opposed to contactless and actually uh, i could be using apple pay i could you be using a b pay yeah. band i could be using you know android pay or whatever it happens to be and you know that's going to be launching in the uk soon along with samsung pay yeah. and actually it's contactless to me it's the interesting bit of that technology you know, the apple pay and the android pay Unless I'm using it in-app, and it's now rumoured uh, for Apple, it's coming into the browser, which I think is really, really interesting. Mm. But the way that's taken off does surprise me. But you go elsewhere in the country, and you will find that contactless is kind of the exception, not the rule. So having been in Pembrokeshire, I, I said, you know, is that a contactless terminal? And they, they said to me, oh, no, we don't get that sort of thing out here, you know. We're not fancy like London. That's because they've paid, you know, 800 quid for the thing, and it'll take a little while before they swap the POS. And when they do swap it, it'll be contactless. Yeah, it's good. I can now use Barclays on Apple Pay. Rocking, about rocking. time too. I love Apple Pay in apps. I don't care about it in shops. Indeed, agreed. By the way, is that Barclay card as well? Or just Barclays? Uh, I don't know. I've only put on the Barclays card so Because I use my Barclays so card a lot I'll, for contactless. I'll, I'll have to have a look. And, uh, and you, Smith? You see my new shiny toy. What's it? Oh, look at you. Oh, look at the shiny. Uh, I've got an iPad Pro 9.7 inch. Mm-hmm. I'm, the small I'm, one. The small one. Yeah. Uh, it's the right size, actually, for yeah. me. I'm, yeah. I'm loving it. In many respects. No case. 
Yes, it's it's in my house, in my house, in a parcel which just recently arrived. So literally, okay. it's, it's so new. What, what brand did you get for the case, by the way? Apple. Oh, okay. Right, right. Oh, well, oh, you mean just the rubbish Apple he, one? He, only official accessories. He, he's right. fully moved into the Apple fanboy. I can only buy Apple products. And I noticed that also looks suspiciously like a new iPhone next to it, but... It is, although that just replaces an iPhone that I've broken. So that's maybe less exciting. Less exciting. Uh, but the, the, the iPad Pro is cool. It's really fast and it's really good. And is it sound. worth upgrading? Um, for, for you, I would say yes, because you have to have the best. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my deal is I, if, if a new people? one... Probably, if, you're, if you have an iPad Air 2... Unless you're doing some super super graphicsy stuff or super super gaming stuff, I'd say probably not. But the it other might be one, quite good for real racing. The other, yeah, the other 150 quid down. The, the other one I'd say though is if you are a traveller, the notable thing on the on the new iPad Pro is that what used to be the Apple SIM, which was in the SIM slot that you had to take out and throw away if you were using your own, is now actually inside the case. So you can actually now have a dual SIM iPad. So I've got a three SIM in this iPad, but I also had it on EE earlier today on the internal SIM, oh. and I could switch backwards and forwards between the two networks through the settings in the device. And I was able to buy data on an hourly, minutely, or megabyte basis. And when I travel abroad, I'll be able to switch over to AT&T or some other network. Very helpful. So yeah. uh, actually, it's a limited use case, oh. but if you're a frequent traveler and you rely on an iPad as I do when you travel quite a lot, uh, that's really good. One other thing as well is it's inherited the iPhone's camera bump, mm. which I wasn't brilliantly pleased about because I thought I'm going to put that down on the table and it's going to rock like an iPhone does, you know, because it sticks out. It doesn't because the back of the iPad is curved. So mm -hmm. it sits absolutely flush with so the you, table. Can, you can't notice the curve though, right? I can't see it with the naked eye, but I can prove it by putting it on a flat surface and the thing is rock solid. That's very smart. So I've been, I've have been a playing, pencil. That's, yeah, I might get I, that. I've, I've been playing about with the iPad Pro in the office. Have and you got a 12? Big one, or uh, a... No, the 9.7 and actually the keyboard on it is well done. I mean, Apple have actually thought about it, done a lot of testing. Sorry, which keyboard? The, 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 the Apple the keyboard. The add-on keyboard. Yeah, that come, the, the, the keyboard Apple case. Yeah. Is that what you, is that what you the get? No, I, I, just, Pro. I just bought a regular protective case. I wasn't sure because I tried it in the shop and wasn't convinced, but it's one of those accessories that you just pick uh, up one day in an airport. Yeah. I think, you know, it does change it into a, a different device. And this is the point that Apple made at the launch. It's sort of actually more competition for what would have been a Windows laptop previously. The same goes for the pencil in some ways, because it kind of changes what you might be able to do with the device. But, you know, both of those accessories are relatively expensive. You know, they add an extra £200 effectively to the cost of the device. I'm not sold on the keyboard because I don't think iOS works well in laptop mode mm. yet. And, and that's uh, a problem. But, I, but for me, I'll, I'll switch to a lightweight. I happen to have a lightweight laptop, so I'll switch back to the MacBook if I want a laptop. This is for media viewing, for consumption, or for walking around type stuff. Yeah. I, I love to use it in meetings to take notes or to look stuff up because I don't know what it is, but there's something about typing on a keyboard, uh, typing on a laptop. I'm no longer paying attention to you. Yeah. It's rude. Yeah. Quickly swiping up and down on an iPad. It just feels like, you That's know, awesome. yeah. yes. You have a cloud? Right. My thing is the VR headset that I got. So do you remember I got the, the Galaxy S7? And you got a freebie? Yeah, I got my free 80 quid or £100 value. Um, it's not, is it? Well, well um, it's a piece of plastic, but it's, it's cool. My Galaxy Gear VR headset. No, it sat in the shop. I mean, I used it. I went, okay, cool. That's great. I'm fine. I like, I like it. Great. And I thought I'll need to I'll wait until some more things come out. I'll do some more stuff with it. I haven't done any photos yet. Yes, but um, I will. And then the other day I was taking my children over to my parents and I thought, well, do you know what? I'll take the VR unit. Actually, I was going to take it to show my dad, brothers. And then I just only happened to think, oh, I wonder if the boys 
would like to actually try this on, you know. Um, so I, I took it into picture mode. Your children? Uh, the, yeah, sorry, the, my, my children. My five-year-old and a, a recently four-year-old boy. I just said, here, try this. And I, I said, look, um, you, you can go to Egypt with this. I think they like the Roman, sorry, the Romans and the Egyptians and so on. And dinosaurs, like dinosaurs want. You know, dinosaurs weren't in Egypt. No, no, uh, that's true. Right. Thank you. Like, I'm all about the facts. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that's, that's what uh, my... But that's an incorrect fact. Because there were, in fact, dinosaurs in what is now Egypt. Ah, but it was Egypt after the dinosaurs. But there's quite substantial fossil oh, right. We're moving swiftly on. Right. The key here is how they reacted. I was astonished. So I had my, my, my brother uh, very kindly took a, a nine-minute video of me interacting with the boys and, then, and, and his daughter as well, uh, all, all under five. And astonished, absolutely astonished. Can I go to Egypt? Can I go to Egypt? Put that, and they were fighting over the VR headset to the point that my wife looked over me and went, eh, another one of those. Because I think for 80 quid, I think I will get another. The problem is you then have to buy another, another phone. 600 quid phone to run it. And the Gear VR only supports the, the S7, does it? I think so. Because uh, we might do the S6, S6 as well. Because yeah, yeah, you and I have tried one that had an iPhone in it the other week as well, didn't we? Yeah, that was a different model. But that was, yeah. that, um, that's interesting. Yeah. Why I wanted to point it out is these, uh, my children loved it, loved it, they, to the point that they were walking around. They didn't notice. That they, they were only looking at the photos. I haven't shown them video yet. <laughs> that's going to get interesting. But um, we talked about VR. their tiny minds. It will. But they, they actually felt that they were there because you, know, you can see them looking up, looking down, and then they're being very careful as they walk. You know, I'm having to stand next to, for nine minutes. I'm having to stand next to each of them, uh, making sure they don't walk into the fireplace or whatever, because they they are exploring this. They were astonished by it. Just uh, buying it, they completely believe they're there. Completely, well, sort of transported, wholly transported, because they they weren't discerning the fact that when they're walking, the picture wasn't changing. You know, but when they look, oh, I'm in a city now, Daddy. You know, it was really really interesting to see how they, because oh, on the right hand side of the unit there is a control mechanism on this gear and that's how you can swipe to the next photo and they were holding the the unit with their 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 hands it's quite heavy for their their heads right Uh, unfortunately it's every time they're moving about the picture which they go oh my god i'm in space daddy i'm in space i'm in space i can see and it was just fascinating maybe maybe give them less sugar (laughs) this is this is a very careful sugar (laughs) yeah i really recommend it i did the same thing with adult members of the family at easter and actually i'd been on a break and taken some surroundies using the. Uh, That's I know, surroundies. I know, surroundies I know. love it. What app did you use, use to take the surroundies? It was just built into the Samsung camera. Right. And you can then share kind of the panorama, and I've been on top of a viewpoint with fantastic view all along up and down the coast. And there was this kind of sense of astonishment because it's not a technology that people are really familiar They've heard about it, but don't quite understand what it means. Well, the last and, one they saw was a polygon nonsense yeah, thing. Yeah. And, it, and it's that magic as they move their head about. It's not what people seem to expect and there is you know look behind you oh wow quite quite a sense of wonder that having tried it out a few times you lose quite quickly but it does tell me that actually that immersiveness is actually much stronger than perhaps you know we we think about them when we've just done it a few times so yeah they are maybe will be a thing after all there we go there we go right okay so we move swiftly on yes so what are we talking about this week you right, we're, going, we're going back to a topic that is close to my heart and that is photos and video again okay well right because i think we're doing an update we are okay. doing an update right it's time to explore that again what you mean is you've changed your arrangements and you've come to justify the horrible mistakes you've made in the past this is, this is potentially quite accurate <laughs> <laughs> let's, 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 there's some some accuracy but really not really. you and justify yeah, it we'll yeah, right. on. Um, for a long time, the photo strategy has been really bothering me, right? So let's 
back up a bit. Yeah. And you and I both really care about photos because yes. we are parents of small children with families scattered around the world and therefore sharing photos is a very important daily activity for me. It's, it's, it's a requirement, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's amazing how you need to do this. Well, so so every, it's like a requirement. Every so often, Mrs. Smith says, we haven't taken any photos recently. And, mm. you know, Nan and Grandad are looking at the iPad every day to yeah. see the photo stream. Where are the, where are the yeah. pictures? Where are yeah. the pictures? Yeah. Okay, so it's a big deal for us. Rafe Lanford, do you, um, obviously, you know, you'll have an extensive collection of uh, concrete structure images, pictures of your favourite peasants. Um, telegraph. Um, telegraph poles. poles. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you missed the the Telegraph poles episode. What was back, that, season 10? Was that season 10 or 17 or 11. Yeah. But, that, uh, that's true, and it's very important for me to keep those safe, although I have to say there doesn't, for some strange reason, doesn't seem to be the same emphasis on sharing. Other people don't seem so keen to see my photos you're more backup focused yes i think that that's that's correct it's backing but, uh, people up into the against the wall I, and say look at my photos i probably need to get some children in order to fully appreciate what you're talking about Again, Ooh, have we got some announcements that just sounded uh, really creepy i'm going to get some children, children. <laughs> okay right the other thing that is important to me well backup is important to me as well so it's a sharing critical and b the backup and retention of those memories is something that is very important to me. I don't want to lose them. They're very dear, right? Uh, very important. And my problem is that as we've, I'd say probably from about the iPhone 6 onwards-ish, but certainly recent years, the camera in the phones we have are so good that I'm willing to take photos of the important events in our lives with that camera. I used to fetch a proper DSLR high-spec yeah. camera around. I still do sometimes on special occasions, but that was kind of a pain. So I'd only take some photos and it would, you wouldn't just quickly grab the camera to take a quick shot. You, you know, when you were, I was at baptism recently and, you know, you take pictures in the church and then you go and have the dinner and you'd leave mm -hmm. the camera in the car and that was the end of the photos. Whereas yes. there, now, Everything continual. all continual all day, generating yeah. tons of photos and quick videos and things. And yes. also people are asking, oh, you know, will you take a picture of the kids and share yeah, exactly. that with yeah. me and this kind of stuff. Now, how you retain these has been troubling me for quite a while. Long-term listeners will know I have been very, very excited with and really pleased with, generally, Picture Life. Now, picture Life. They, isn't that something happened to them, Ewan? How, yes. How, how dead are they now? Um, because didn't Ben and I make some prediction about... The longevity of picture life. I do recall that. Ben. No, no, right. Rafe Blanford, let's do a little bit of a role play and I'll be you and McLeod. Yeah. And you be Come you. On, okay. okay. Or I'm going to put all of my pictures in picture life. <laughs> Uh, Ewan, perhaps you should think about the longevity oh, of those oh, photos. Oh, no, all my pictures on one service. Oh, okay. What that doesn't seem that? risky at all, Ewan. What no. <laughs> right, okay, you finished now? Right, thank you. Okay. So, so, I'm sorry for my address. What, what the hell was that? <laughs> right, so I, I enjoy our role play, more role plays. I put all of my photos to your astonishment, I think it was, yeah. your horror. And a lot of the readers on, on Mobile News Review, horror, I put, I mean, I think both, it was 250, both. 300 gig of photos onto Picture Life. Now, I wasn't horrified you used Picture Life because Picture Life was a good service, but I was horrified that you only used Picture Life. And I said, what other backups do you have? Like, oh, of course you've got them on discs at home. Oh, well, maybe, sort of, possibly. <laughs> no, and I think after that podcast, when I said, oh, and I've put it all, and then you said, what? And I, I went home on the train feeling very, very, you know, shivery, thinking, oh, I can't think I've done something wrong now. You know, um, that's maybe not the right thing to do. So it's been bothering me since then. Now, with Picture Life, it was storing the, the photos. It was expressing them beautifully in the app. Really, really nice. Two years ago, it looked great. Two or three years ago, it was a fantastic service. And my wife loved it. And the, anyone that, of our friends that were using it really, really enjoyed it. The big issue with Picture Life is a small startup company. 
and you were right to point that out as, a, as an issue. I wonder if that could have been a risk factor. Well, it was noted, okay? <laughs> now, did you get your photos out before they shut down? No, yes, I'm perfectly fine. What, what I did was six months after your comment, I eventually, or maybe quicker, I, I thought, mm, I'm going to put all these photos onto my Amazon storage account. So with Picture Life, you can actually say, no, no, okay, it was on your account, and I put them onto my own Amazon S3 account, so I felt that I controlled them better. It's still the same Amazon system. Then I thought, oh, this is ridiculous, because it ended up costing hundreds of dollars a month. So I put them back onto Picture Life, and they paid for it for a little while. And then they went bust. Well, no, then I wrote a script. I put them back onto Amazon, and I wrote a script to take all of the photos off my Amazon S3, and I downloaded them all, basically. It's quite complicated um, S3 nonsense I was doing with my little PHP scripting. But I basically made a backup service of PictureLife off this via Amazon S3 so that I had a copy of a copy of... That sounds incredibly elegant and probably very robust. It really was getting very... But what I wanted was to make sure, I, as you said, I had, a, had a, either a local copy or a secondary copy somewhere. I'm less worried about a local copy. Really, I just want to have multiple copies of this data. How, right? how much data are we talking about in total now? 450 gig now. 450 gig? Yes. Wow. Yes, I think that's accurate. I'll just check in a minute. Now, what I did is I maybe about a year ago, I took everything out of a picture life and put it onto Google Photos. Now, I know that you haven't was been... Was this before or after they announced they were closing down? That was before, actually, because I, I just wasn't happy with... I was just been constantly looking for a service that would, would store the, the photos and then allow me to back them up easily. I think I have got the best solution now. Everything is stored on a Google Apps account. So it's one that I pay for. And I then use Google Photos, the Photos app, to back up directly from the handset. I don't put it in it. So the Google Photos app connected to that account is on my phone and on my wife's phone. So any photos that we take are automatically or very right. quickly backed up there. How do you know they're backed up? It indicates as it's backing them up. But you need to open the Google Photos app regularly. I think there, there's an option to say, just run in the background and it will do it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we're, but we're opening it so often, it's not. I don't feel it's an issue. So um, Google Photos is the new safe place? That's the primary safe place. I've got it disconnected from my Google Apps. So it's a separate domain that right. I created. So I'm happy that I've got all that data on there, but Google will be querying it fine, but it's not connecting it to me or my email or anything like that. In, in, well, in the fact, it's a separate account, a separate domain, separate cookies, I think, anyway. Yeah. Where else is it apart from Google? No, this is where I think it's genius because I've got it on Google, but I want a copy, right? I want a copy stored somewhere else. And... I have used the Backupify service that I also use to back up my Google Mail, my Google Apps. There's an option in Google Photos to say, show my Google Photos in the drive, in your Google Drive. That's just so you can, you can send photos in and out that way. Now, by doing that, that means that any app or service that is connected to your Google Drive would then be backing up, for example. So I have connected Backupify not only to my own personal accounts, which is backing up, and then I, I thought, I wonder if I add on Backupify to the family Google account for the photos. And yeah, sure enough, bang, sorted. You've basically got that second oh, save I'm place. delighted. Absolutely delighted. So it's a completely separate, you know, storage. It's nothing to do with Google, the backup anyway. Yeah, which is, so it's absolutely brilliant until the internet fails. Yes. How much does Backupify cost you? Maybe it's $4 a month. $4 a month. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, uh, that, per that, account. I think that's per account. What do you think? Because I, I come here today, gentlemen, to have you check my thinking. It still seems somewhat dangerous to me to not have local storage because, as I say, the internet connection then becomes a single point of failure. Mm. So you haven't got 
local storage, I can download an extract from Backupify. Yeah. Do you think I should be doing that every week? Well, let me tell you about my... Okay, yeah. Let's stop talking about you. Let's talk about me for a moment. So I've got about 150 gig, albeit my boy is only one and your kids are... Yeah, so I must be what, 100 gig a year or something? So, well, I mean, 50 gig a year, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's all my photos, so it's not just pictures of him, but it's, it's headed that way. And for me, I start with local storage. So I have all my photos on the home Mac. So you're using an Apple product? Yeah. Right. But it, to be honest, it doesn't really matter that it's an Apple laptop, mm. but it's there on the, on the Mac and it happens to be an iPhoto. That is then backed up over the home network to a network attached storage device, okay. right. which has a couple of terabyte disks in, so plenty, of, plenty of capacity. And those disks are redundant, so they're completely mirrored, so any, any failure. That backup is also versioned so right. that every change is catalogued. So if I delete something or if I do an edit or something like that, it's not just a case of having a copy or not having a copy. Mm. I can go back through all the various versions, and that means that my edits can be retrieved as well. Right. I'm also using Apple's PhotoStream, and that means all my photos are on the cloud, and they then synchronize to my mobile devices where I can view them. And if I add photos into the cloud through my mobile devices, they eventually end up on okay. my network attached to it. They come you know, through the cloud to the laptop and, and home. So I have a master copy on my NAS right. and then a version in the cloud. But I'm not happy. Why? Because I'm running out of storage space on the Mac, on the, on the home computer. Okay, so you're going to need to upgrade that. Uh, well, I can, but... I'm going to quickly run out of space because, of course, other things use that computer. So there's only going to be so much space that I can put into a Mac. Well, because you couldn't put 380 gig onto your MacBook. Well, I, I could, but I wouldn't be able to use well, it. Onto mine, I right? Yeah, I wouldn't be able to use it for anything else, no. certainly. And it's also a very expensive purchase yes. you know, to, to make that Mac one, you know, one I want to use, or indeed yeah. any, any other laptop. I mean, you can get terabyte drives for these things. Mm. But also, it's not terribly resilient, Unless I go out and buy a very high-class enterprise device, you know, all of those things are, are vulnerable. And we use this machine day in, day out for mm. home stuff as well. I mean, <laughs> the other day I came home and found it on the kitchen counter with a recipe on it right next to lots lots of liquids and cooking stuff, you know, because mm. a meal was being prepared and the recipe was on the screen of the Mac, which is perfectly legitimate thing to do. We keep all our recipes in Evernote, but I'm going, oh, that's the key, that's the master copy. If we spill juice over it, buy a new Mac, restore yep. the backup, away you go. Okay, fair, yeah, but, fair. But, yeah. you know, hassle, cost, yeah. all my photo synchronization stops for that week while we're doing that, you know, very, very vulnerable. So you're basically what you, you've got is storage, and that's fine. What I've got with Google Photos is a phenomenal array of really cool tools I managed to convince Google Photos somehow. I don't know what I did was I made it think that I'm an American. So it would do the facial recognition. So all of my photos are automatically sorted by face, which is phenomenal. Amazing. So, Rafe, I, I, I'll come to you in a second. But I have been playing with installing Google Photos on that same Mac and just having it constantly synchronize my iPhoto library up to Google Photos. Another copy. And that means I can play with all the cool... Google Photos tools and that here's, kind of stuff. Here's all my Ben Smith photos. And I manually, just for fun, did a one-time copy of all my photos just after Christmas into Amazon. 
photos. Oh, now how did you get on with that? Because I, I think anyone with a Prime account has got Amazon Photos, right? Yeah. They haven't done much with it, have they? It's very, very basic indeed. No, they need to do, they very, need to do a better very, job. Very, very slow, and, and it's very hard to automate. But that was a bit grim. So, Rafe Blanford, yeah, what are you thinking? Well, well, before we get on to that, I just want you, I, I heard you mention PhotoStream, which actually from my knowledge of it, is a good way of kind of sharing specific sets of photos with other family members who aren't particularly technically literate, because that's the other thing. You know, it's great to have the photos all stored safely, but actually then being able to do things with them, and I, I guess we'll get onto that a little bit later in terms of output, but one of the things I've always seen positively mentioned for PhotoStream is that ability to kind of set up family groups. Is that something that you're using? Everyone in our family is on Apple devices, and I've got somewhere around 15 or 20 photo streams set up, one for every child, grandchild in the family, one for nan and granddad, one for my brother who's working away from home. So, you know, loads and loads. And we the notifications come through and everybody looks forward to seeing the photos. It's like, you know, kind of our electronic yeah. equivalent of, of postcards. But photo sharing is for the sharing part, but I also use iCloud photos yeah. as, as my backup and storage. And that means I've got my originals in the cloud and PhotoStream, because PhotoStream does actually share slightly lower quality copies of those yeah. images, but they're perfectly acceptable. Well, would you please, 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 please look at Google Photos and just look at, take one look again. They are constantly updating. Every two or three weeks, I'm getting a new feature. Look, it sorts by people, it sorts by place, it sorts by thing, and it's wonderful. Certainly, that's the, kind of the beginnings of my dissatisfaction is partly iPhoto particularly on the mobile, Apple mobile devices. It's not as good. It feels quite basic. Because it's totally basic. I, I've gone out and bought... That's not a quality service. I've gone out and bought a 128 gig iPad yeah. because it's important to me to carry around a copy of photos of the boy, mm. you know, all the time because we go and see family and you just wash, there you go, you want to just have them there, you know, yeah. look, grandma, you know, here's a picture of him mm. or great-grandma or mm. aunties or uncles or whatever. And, you know, the family's really dispersed, so it's important to have them there and, and to always have access to them and to be able to share them and do all that kind of stuff that you need to have them downloaded. So I really want to try Google Photos and I've installed the uploader on, on the Mac. Mm. It, again, it, it's chugging away, but it's only working when the Mac's turned on and it's mm. busy grinding through our library, uploading it. The other thing is that I kind of I want to have a copy that I control outside of the house because yeah. if something terrible happens and we have a fire mm -hmm. at home, all of my photos are suddenly just in iCloud and I'm not sure that I want Apple and Apple's service to be my disaster recovery mm. strategy yeah. because... Uh, it's very slow. I'd have to do a big restore. Yeah. Some of those photos could go missing. It's not a service that has been perfectly reliable in the past. Yeah. And it's fine for convenience for getting photos moved around and yeah. viewing them in the cloud. But I don't really, tr I don't really trust it. So um, I'm going to talk about my plan for the future next, but I've done enough talking. So Rafe Blanford, what do you do to get your photos, uh, or indeed actually all of your critical data, in a, in a safe place? And well, sense check our stuff as well. What, what are you I thinking? Mean, I, I think for as of you, it's sort of no local storage strikes me as a little bit risky. And Ben's very heavily reliant on the Apple ecosystem, uh, which is fine. But as, if you change your device choices in any way or want to get photos in from elsewhere, it becomes more of a manual process. So it's, it's perfectly durable. 
what I've done is actually using a combination of OneDrive and Google Photos. Now, the OneDrive choice really was because I've been using a Windows phone device, but because of Microsoft's position in the mobile market, they've actually made it available for Android and iOS devices, and it will do the automatic photo upload. So it's kind of a set it and forget about it. And, and like you, I'm kind of mainly using a phone now to all the photos. You know, the only time I was using a DSLR was sort of for family weddings and occasional events like that. So actually, all of my photos are getting into the cloud pretty easily. Now, the viewing of photos on OneDrive isn't particularly brilliant. I mean, you can sort it into albums, and actually it's quite convenient as a way of sharing with people. And they've been adding features, the ability to kind of have shared folders and shared albums. It's got pretty good, but I actually set up also an ability to automatically get them into Google Photos, mainly because of the tools that Ewan was talking about. There's some really nice stuff around it, looking at location. It's understanding what the photos are of, and you can do searches against it. And actually, as a client, that works really well. And actually, then I can use it as a way of displaying photos using Chromecast onto TVs and things. I hate to praise Google products because I don't always think that they've got good design taste. Mm. But I put Google Photos on an iOS device to test it out, and it's made some really nice automatic albums and little mini movies and oh, things. Oh, you got to look at they're amazing. And, and the trouble is, when it's a family thing, like this is a really lovely way for for family to consume those photos because it's not just looking at fifty pictures of the child standing at the party. It turns those into an animation, and it, it makes it a really pleasant way to consume lots of images. And let's face it, you know, I enjoy looking at the photos, but nine times out of ten, I'm doing this to share with family because they. Yeah. They want to be part of, you know, remotely, they want to be part of his life. And so that reminds me that there's both the kind of the mechanics of storing the photo and making sure that's safe and then being able to consume it in some way. And we've been focusing on the digital. And obviously with the the OneDrive stuff, I've actually got a local copy of that as well. And that is being copied off to network attack storage so i feel like i've got a pretty robust solution and the one of the big plus points for me is it works across multiple ecosystems and then it's actually pretty straightforward if i do take you know photos from elsewhere or get them in from family members um the, the downside of it is that you know not everyone's familiar with OneDrive, and so actually i'm still sharing photos via things like whatsapp and i suspect if i was you know having you know family and having small children i would probably want to get to a solution that you're using to get it out to family members and that would be a higher priority for me. I've also experimented with Amazon. It didn't strike me as anything particularly worthwhile pursuing, so I I haven't kept it up, but actually now there's a dump of photos in there. Actually, just the sheer volume is becoming a problem now because for me it's about 120 gigabytes or so of photo data plus some more personal data. And actually just shifting that around takes a long, long time even if you're on a very fast broadband connection, you know, you will leave it and it will take a couple of days to do something. And that's actually a pain in the neck. And so there have been a couple of tools I've looked at where you can leave it to it and it will do a cloud to cloud transfer. And so I'm increasingly keen on that kind of thing, you know, basically having multiple instances of these things and having it backed up that way. So that's going to be my plan. I, I, I don't see myself changing it that soon. Okay, very interesting plan. For, I, th- I need to do something physical. I need to do something. But you're right. You're right. So before we move on, because yeah. we need to talk about how oh, can I, we well, consume I, photos. I, I want to finish my Google loving Go as on. well. Okay. Uh, well, two points. One, my wife, 128 gig phone, uh, throws the iPhone at me and says, "Let's run out of space. Fix it." The amount of videos that she's taken of the boys, uh, all of them backed up, but they're all on the device, and they don't necessarily need to be on the device. So I used the free up space function 
on Google Photos. And what does that do? It's brilliant. So basically what it does is... It, it frees up space. It frees up space. It goes through all the, pho- the photos you've got, and if it's backed them up, and then removes them from your device. Now, that might scare some people, but it scares actually... scares the wits out of me. Does it do a smart stuff like leave recent photos on a device or something? I think it does, yeah, yeah, because it 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 has a cache that it keeps. And it leaves thumbnails behind, so you've kind of still got that view of what's in the cloud. Right, the other thing it does is it does live photos, so the moving photos. They just released an update the other week, so it's backed up all of the live photos that were on my device. Before we talk about consuming photos, because I really want to get on to how do we we consume photos, Mm. my strategy, private cloud. I'm going the whole hog, really? Private cloud. How do you mean then? dedicated Mac server in a data center. Okay, I've been yep. looking at that, yeah. Okay, that will replace... A the, Mac Mini. Yep, yep, that will replace the laptop. Yeah. So that becomes the central point. Yes. Yeah, in a secure data center with proper power that, and everything. Isn't that about $99 a month or something? It's, it's actually a lot cheaper than that now. It's, it's, okay, it's, right, it's, right, right. Set that up, and then a private cloud connection. So my I use a Synology NAS, but lots of them have it have these private cloud connections. You can install a client. Right. So now I'll be able to collect all my iCloud photos, download it onto a device I own, onto a physical disk I own, albeit it'll be in America probably. And then I can synchronize that in slow time down to my NAS and have another physical copy. So I've divided the location. $59 a month. Yeah, exactly 60 bucks. It's really affordable. I've got separate copies on the devices I own, synchronized over a private cloud. Ooh, you get it in Europe. Oh, I did. No, I did not know that. There we go. Sixty-nine dollars a month. Yeah, but the but the point is that the whole fragility is that personal device. But I can't swap over to using a cloud server because I want all of that end user function. I want to upload to Google Photos from their uploader. Then I want to leave it running Why can't all the time. Use your app because my photos are coming in from multiple devices. Okay. It means I get the I can get access to the free Google storage and the free Amazon storage using their uploaders. I just leave it running. Okay, that, the I like the idea of that. Yeah, okay, okay. we've spent, managed to spend an awful lot of time talking about just how to secure that storage. But one thing um, that's become increasingly apparent to me, it's also what you choose to do to those photos, not just in their digital instance and their existence. So I want to talk a little bit about our favourite output things. And I'm going to first talk about Photobox, which is one of the big, yeah, of we're a big services customer. at out there for basically printing objects. And it started off with just doing simple prints, but you can now do posters and sort of wall art and photo books and various other things. Now, there are a lot of those out there. Photobox has actually caught my attention because they've done the time with Google Photos and actually it was back from, I think, when it tied into Picasa. But it just makes it very easy to import a large number of photos into Photobox and get stuff printed out. It also seems pretty attractively priced for on-demand printing. So, you know, for a recent family event, we took a big group shot. I got that printed up on sort of a one and a half meter by half meter panorama shot and gave it to a few people for Christmas. And it went down really, really well. Was that Photobox used for that? And I used used Photobox and it was just the ease and relatively low cost of doing that. You know, previously that would have been finding a specialist company that did that kind of thing getting all the printing set up right. And and this time it was dead easy. And that's actually the thing that it's not just mobile, but actually with the rise of the internet, there are now loads of these services. And particularly on mobile, there seem to be an increasing number of kind of specialist apps. So I was kind of wondering if there are any of your favourites out there that you use on a regular basis. I mean, we've talked about TouchNote. Yeah, I've always thought of them. Yeah, big fan of TouchNote. So give a shout out to them. But what about something else? So I want to talk about some stuff that people possibly won't have heard of. So some some rarer ones. So some of these tested, some of these not. I'm in Mm. the middle of playing with these. First one up I'd like to give a shout out is to Huggle Up, H-U-G-G-L-E-U-P. Okay, it says get in my phone, yeah, go uh, on, it's, in, it's in the App Store. 
allows you to print loads of stuff that was sort of slightly more off the wall. So phone cases, iPad cases, oh, yeah, nice. all those yeah, kinds of things. Really world. nicely designed. A yeah. really nice selection of merchandise and it's well presented. I see Polster up as well. Is that the same? Oh, no, it's a different company. Sorry. Give them a try. Yeah. Um, I say, um, it's, and it's also nicely, nicely presented. The photo magnets, cases, mm. frames, photo books. So a lot of the old, a lot of the old favourites and stickers and things as well. We previously have used Moo in the UK quite frequently yes. to yes. print cards and stickers and and kind of often you know we would do thank you cards or for or after Christmas for yeah. Or yeah. birthdays or those sorts of things. So we, and we did we've used their business cards, but not as business cards. Super, well, you remember from our wedding? Yeah, exactly. We, we right. put little yeah. place cards on, yeah. and that was all done by Moo. But I love the idea of doing this directly from my phone where the photo probably already is yeah you know. originated from exactly yeah. so love huggle up what about you i've been using cheers uh which is similar to huggle up but it's really just about printing photos nice arrays of photos of um small collections of photos ideally instagram photos for example on different things then sticky nine is another one that i have been yeah it's almost a specialist for printing stuff off instagram and this has kind of caught my attention that it's not just instagram it's also cloud services that these things will tie into yes and because they exist in these places and a lot of them have a APIs, it then becomes very easy to, to print things. And these companies have thought about it and kind of done the pre-templated layout. So it just you can actually get a quite attractive result very quickly indeed. Previously, that kind of print-on-demand, and even actually Photobox suffers from this a bit. You have to spend quite a bit of time making it, it work, look nice work, and getting yeah, yeah. And now it's the kind of that typical of smartphone. It's that on-demand stuff that Fire you can almost yet. be, within a couple of minutes, you can have it go through, arrive within a few days, and that's your you know, yeah, Christmas so with, gift or your birthday gift sorted. With Sticky 9, I just took, I was just testing it. I took nine photos from the boys, just some random ones. I opted for the account. I just paid for the Apple Pay as well, which is really, really convenient. And... Sticky 9 delivered nine small square photo magnets. One of my favourites then, again, I, I'm waiting for my first product to come from them, but I just love the way this is presented. Son of a Pixel, another, it's oh, another right. iOS app. Okay. Now, these ones I love because they're all tailored to printing Instagram-like pictures, uh, like square pictures, yeah. but they're in little format. So there's, they have something called a pixel sphere, and it looks like a piece of sort of folded paper origami. Oh, that's really cool. But yeah. each face of the sphere is a square picture. Oh, they got a the pixel nice. pack, which is a, like a pack of photos. It looks a little bit like Cheers. This is, yeah, right. Um, pixel strip, which looks like the kind of photos yeah, you get out of nice. one of those old-style oh, booths that you yeah, get yeah. the passport photos in. So they, they do a pixel heart, which is... It looks like a well, pixelated, you know, image of a heart, but those that each pixel is a photo. Oh, but but the, the one I really like, and actually I can see us using, is, is yeah. they've got pixel poster, which is just what is it? It's five images wide by about six images high, and I think that's going to be for us. That would be a great present or a great you know sort of home thing because you can just do a sort of a whole selection of, of images and again, as you said, they're all laid out in nice, attractive formats already, but they're also products that. You know, your classic photo boxes and things don't offer by default. You probably get a similar effect from them, but these are nice pre-canned products. You have, to, you have products. to work to get there. And actually, you know, I always used to create these kind of family collages and try and do one each year. And now you can almost print these on demand each year and sort of replace you know, and have your annual poster, if you like. So I think it's really interesting that this thing has come on so far. And there's a whole range of it. Another one that Ewan was uh, talking about, was mentioned, I think, is uh, wood post. Which I, is see, the, I haven't done it yet, yeah. It's the ability to print onto wood. So there's actually more exotic really materials. really nice. I'm looking at this, yeah. It's another of these on-demand cultures, and you can then get it delivered through the post. It's all just 
really very easy. Point and, and click. You know, what catches my attention about this is that with the rise of digital photos and particularly smartphone cameras, you know, pictures did get stuck on these devices. And it always used to be you went down to Boots or whoever your preferred photo processor was and got the prints made from the film camera. And, yeah. you know, actually, in, you know, going back up until, I guess it was about 2000 or so, actually would regularly do that and had and still had boxes full of photos that got printed out. Now it's sort of much more of an on-demand process. And, it, you know, it does, it costs money and it's probably a bit more expensive, but you can get some really nice products out. And the speed of the networks for the upload or the fact that your photos are already in the cloud somewhere have made this much more convenient. And so I actually just think the number of options on output now is absolutely great. I love the fact also that each one is trying to differentiate slightly on the product. So yeah. there's all of them will probably do a greetings card. All of them will do a square picture or a big picture. But there's another one called Print Studio, which is an unimaginative name, but the finish of the app is just as classy as some of the ones yeah. with the like son of a pixel and things like that. I really love that one as well because they do buttons, you know, badges which are printed images. They do the same photos and photo strips. They've got a nice variety of framed products, so you can send it off and you you don't have to then go and frame it. They'll send it back in a really attractive frame. They do the canvas prints that Rafe was talking about and a bunch of photo books and things, but also printing on metal as well. Oh, So, you know, it's, it's interesting that I'm three or four clicks in an iPhone application away from a reasonably interesting selection of ways to present my photos. And, yeah. and it, but, you know, it feels better than just doing that home printing, which is what oh, everyone used yeah, to do, where not... you know, you'd have an A4. And, it, you know, it was good because you could produce it, it as a, yeah. on demand, but, you know, it didn't get to that final stage. And actually the sign that this has really become mainstream is there now are a, a couple of companies that basically offer this as an SDK that you can just plug yeah. into your application. Uh, Print, which is a London-based company, is, is one of them. It's mm. P-R-Y-N-T. Yeah. And it's just, you know, the fact that it's now available as an SDK, kind of as a service that you can drop into an app, I think it's quite telling. And I'm surprised we haven't kind of seen more of that from some of the people who are running these cloud you know, stories. So, you know, Instagram could very easily get quite a bit of business doing this. There's one last thing I want to touch mm-hmm. on, though. Go on is that actually a way of displaying these photos in the home in a digital way just isn't that smart. I remember going back probably 15 years now, I was very proud to buy myself a a, a Kodak digital photo Ah. frame and it was fantastic the way you could display kind of 30 photos. It had had four megabytes of memory built in and you could plug in a USB thing. But it really surprises me that there hasn't been further movement forward on this idea of having big digital photo frames in the windows. It's always been the thing of sci-fi. You know, they've called them, you know, uh, smart windows or mm. whatever. And you've got TVs now, and you can actually do it with, uh, Ben pointed this out earlier, Chromecast can actually get you a pretty effective slideshow. It just surprises me there isn't a company out there going, we can replace one of the pictures that's sitting on your living room wall with a really thin, smart screen. It's funny you say that because Chromecast, Apple TV, will all stream your photos from whatever services yeah. and, and, and they can put that on a TV. But again, we, our TVs tend to be in rooms in positions where they're not on when you know when we're not watching them. Yeah. And yeah. I've seen a whole bunch of homebrew kind of products with people sticking mm. tablets in frames on walls. And that is possible. Things like that. Yeah. But it, uh, yeah, Three like, tablets or something. But it, yeah. it's about the finished product. It just doesn't feel like it's there. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Apple came along and did it. I think, I mean, it is arguably a bit of a niche product, but... You know, all the components there in terms of, I mean, the TVs now have got just a, in some cases, what, a centimetre thin or so. Mm. And 
I mean, yes, at the moment it's a high-end product that you have to be prepared to pay a premium for, and there's still the problem of having to plug it in, all that kind of thing. It just surprised me, given how precious, as clearly demonstrated by this episode, we regard our photos as there's not a way of making that more readily available in the home. And it wouldn't just be photos. Actually, the idea of having a dashboard in your home, which I've kind of got from doing our whole smart home thing last season, feels to me like a real missed opportunity for someone. I think it's about the time and the place as well, though, because we have our photos you know, up on the wall, we have them in our bedroom, in the guest rooms, those sorts of things. And they're not places that want a big glowing picture, you know, that's powered on thing, isn't it? Yeah. All, all the time. Well, perhaps so, that's it. So what, yeah, really what, bright. But yeah. what I would like perhaps is that photo view on my fridge. I know the internet fridge is a real cliche, but in our kitchen, you know, live changing images or something like that, you know, you see it every day and it would be lovely to see pictures from family overseas just sort of pop up you know, in the way that they pop up on my notifications and I enjoy seeing them when I'm browsing the photo streams or maybe even if I'm in a really, really pushing the boat out, pulling images off Facebook, you know, because a lot of our family mm. share images there. But don't think it's a total replacement for those paper products. I think there's a place for them to be. But actually, we talk about Bloom and Wild a lot on this show. One of the things I love about Bloom and Wild is you find a product you love and then you kind of subscribe to it. I'd love to get paper copies of lovely photos sent through on a regular basis. And we mm. could, you know, yeah. put them around the house or kind of replace the photo frames yeah, or whatever. Which, which it's would just be choosing nice. the photos though, right? But the point is that we've, you know, you've said Google Photos and these sorts of things are smart enough yeah, now to pick yeah. the nicest, well-framed, well, good-coloured pictures. Uh, um, this day in, in history kind of thing, they, they what's it, a year in... Yeah, what is it called? Look back kind of yeah, 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 yeah. Time hop. So. That, that it's, it's universally brilliant because they, they seem to pick out really, really good photos all the time. So, Rafe Lanford, were you going to be hacking together a digital photo frame? I don't think I will because actually I want something that's quality. But, I mean, having seen the Samsung Family Hub fridge in CES, which was basically Samsung a... Samsung 20- Family Hub fridge. Rediscovered this day. It was like. a 21-inch tablet, effectively, in a double fridge door. I could actually see that becoming a kind of way of consuming photos from family streams that would actually be pretty effective. And maybe I've got to wait a little bit longer to have that kind of roll-up screen that can just stick on the wall anywhere. But it does feel to me like that's a, a bit of a missing thing but I'm encouraged by the fact we've come so far and all the apps we were talking about in that second half of the podcast, you know, still sometimes have to sit back and just be slightly amazed by the fact not only we're taking many more photos than ever did before, thanks to the fact you kind of got this unlimited film sitting mm. in your pocket, they're being uploaded and they're being shared with a family that they just weren't before. And now there's this ability to produce products of much higher quality and greater variance. In terms of, it's amazing and it's brilliant. And I look forward to doing this discussion in another you know, 12 months time mm. or another two years and where we got to then. That thing about using the photos is definitely my next challenge. I think with a combination of hacking, ingenuity, and accepting a bit of risk for where you put your photos, and most normal people will get a great service from using Google or Apple's products just as it is. It's only because we're kind of... So I'm very fussy. <laughs> and also, like the people in our so family. Mr. Private Cloud. Yeah. Well, yeah, but also the people in my family rely on me. Like, they don't do backups because I do backups. Yeah. yeah and they yes. will come to you and they go, I need that photo that I sent you like six months ago. And they go, oh, I'm sorry, I did it. And they go, no, like, I need it because, yeah. I, you know, when, when you have the photo, it's safe, you know. Yes. So now I want to share them and enjoy them a bit more. And, and I actually definitely want tools to help me pick out the good ones. Yeah. Because in 120 gigs worth of photos, I can't do that manually. 
Grand. Thank you as ever to everyone who sponsored us on Patreon. If you'd like to support this show with the cover the production costs, then you can go to 361podcast.com, click the button there, and there's instructions on how to support us. Of course, after last week's show and the celebration of the Blanford Estate merchandise range that we've launched, um, you can also now, if you're a, a high tier, that's $5 a month or more supporter of the show, you'll also get a special edition Blanford Manor mug to celebrate the opening of the Concrete Museum there uh, recently. Um, <laughs> You can find us at 361podcast on Twitter. We are 361podcast.com where you can leave comments, you can email us, and you could find the number to give us a voicemail if you'd like to participate in the show. We're also on Facebook, but we try not to encourage them. Thank you very much to Mark at audiowrangler.co.uk for editing this mess. Thank you to our friends at Digitus LBI for providing our recording facilities and access to Rafe Blanford. We will be back next week, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. Bring it. Thank you. Bye-bye.